Hey, Kat, the lead boss here with the Revenue Accelerator podcast, and I have my guest, Megan Hale, I'm hopefully saying that correctly, um, which I'm realizing the punniness of it is because you're currently surrounded by snow, hail, snow, <laughs> so bad, <laughs> and this is how we start. So Megan, who are you and why should people care? Well, hi, everyone, and hi, Kat, thanks for having me. So I am a profit first business strategist and money mentor. I'm also a former psychotherapist. So I love kind of blending all different facets into this whole money conversation. But my work is really around helping equity driven entrepreneurs step into more feel good money Mm. and really starting to step into their earning potential and do some really epic, powerful things in the world. So I do that with lots of different tools and strategies and all the things I'm sure we'll talk about today, but that's pretty much the gist. So like feel good money, like mm-hmm. convening different things to different people. I mean, but there's definitely an energetic aspect that's conveyed with those exact words. So what do you mean by feel good money? And how do you know when someone's in a place where they can start making that? So I think that we can all start making feel good money right now. First of all, um, good answer. For, good answer. for me, <laughs> yes. For me, feel good money is a lot of different things. It's around making money in a way that feels good. So it's aligned with your values. It's also respectful of your energy. It's not asking you to work to burnout mode or depletion. It's also around having a relationship with money that feels supportive because I think that we have all had that experience or maybe we can imagine having that experience of like, we just need to make more money and then that's going to change the way that money feels. And that's not really the case. More money doesn't fix the way money feels. Uh, We have to do some money specific work to shift how that feels when we get there. And then it's also um, making sure that we're doing things with our money that feels good. So Mm -hmm. the larger impact that our money is having in the world, how we're allowing ourselves to enjoy it, making sure that we're stewarding our money in a way that makes us feel smart, badass, (laughs) good with what we're doing and the decisions that we're making. Um, So it's really kind of three different pieces how we make it, how we experience it and what we do with it. Yeah. I mean, you have, I saw on your website, this 2% right club, essentially like the pledge, right. The 2% pledge, right. Not a club, but (laughs) I went on your website. (laughs) Maybe a two percenter though. So that's a thing. (laughs) So what, what is this 2% business and you know, how does that, I think that aligns kind of to your last point of this stewardship aspect. Yeah, for sure. So for those of you who are not familiar with Profit First, it's an allocation system, which really helps you dial in your margins to make sure that you are running a sustainable business and also a profitable one. And so an allocation system is basically going to give you a specific custom percentages for how much of your revenue should be going towards your personal pay, towards setting aside for taxes, to running your business, to setting aside for profit and so on and so on. So I've been practicing profit first for two and a half years. It's completely shifted the way that I experience money so much so that I wanted to become certified in it. Mm. And one of the things that was really important to me when I started using profit first was to become an intentional giving company. And so back in 2018, I became a 5% giving company and really starting to direct my money to organizations that aligned to my values and were creating equitable change in the world. And since then, I've worked with lots of different size companies and 5% 
if you are not familiar with like percentages might not sound like a whole lot, but when every single dollar has a purpose, 5% can actually feel like kind of steep to step into. And so one of the things that I started to realize is that a 2% shift usually felt really sustainable and gradual for people. Mm -hmm. And so that really was the foundation for the 2% pledge, really starting to help people step into giving in a really doable, sustainable way. So that's really what I'm that initiative is about is just like gathering the helpers and saying, Hey, if we all just did a 2% shift, like literally we could change the world. And I truly believe that. And it's just a way to get started with giving and you can always grow from there. Oh, I mean, I, there's so much about that, that I love because, you know, especially with entrepreneurs, which is a, the audience that we're talking to here, there's always this, I'm here and I want to get here. Right. I mean, yeah. that's why we're in business you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. is to help people bridge that gap. But that gap can seem so big. And so yeah. that 5%, right, is kind of like, wow, that could be like, you know, a pretty significant portion of your income potentially. Yeah. Um, and then that 2% is kind of like that first step. And so it's it's kind of building that habit. Um, yeah. So I know like when people are looking at profitability, right, they're in a different place in their business than they are with just, I need to pay the mortgage, right? So, right. which isn't wrong. We all have to go through that phase to get there. Yes. So, you know, there's this um, hustle mentality out in the world, right? Where we've got a lot of bros out there being like, you just need to hustle harder. You need to work harder, you know, and smarter and all this other stuff. But you take a different approach. You are much more about creating ease in mm-hmm. your business. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it comes to profit, those things, those things can kind of seem at odds with each other of like, how can you make more money and be, you know, in ease? Can you break that down for us? Sure. I mean, so part of this comes down to having like an allocation system where you know what healthy margins are for you in your business. Mm. And then also that helps clarify exactly how much money you truly need to earn um, for your business to be sustainable, right? Because our, our money should really do a couple of things. One, it should pay for our life. <laughs> Two, it should also fund our dreams, like our future dreams, like not just letting us get by. It should pay for our taxes. It should support our business. It should give something back. And it should also create like savings, some extra, some surplus, Mm. if you will. Right. And so when we kind of understand what our real target revenue numbers are, that can also create a lot more ease because without that clarity, like we have no, we're like basically shooting in the dark and we have no idea, like if what we're even striving for is truly enough. So that's one piece, but the other piece that goes into ease is really how you're designing your business to earn revenue. Mm. So a lot of the times we might have 9 million things that we're selling. Like if you go on somebody's website and we have like all our cart menu, right? Like you can get X, Y, Z, ABC, (laughs) one, two, three, more love. And for people who are multi-passionate and have a lot of gifts that they bring to the table, this can feel very expansive because they don't have to figure out how to pull everything together or create a process that integrates all their gifts, right? But as most of us know, when we go to sell anything, there's a lot of things that go into the sales process, right? Like there's a lot of assets we have to create, like landing pages, thank you pages, carts, like all emails, like social media posts, all of that stuff. And so if we're creating like 9 million things to sell, that's also 9 million times infinity assets that we have to create. Hmm. So that's one piece that's going to disrupt ease, but then also energetically, like we can, we have limits to our energetic capacity of how much we can do at one time, how much we can focus on at one time. And so for many of us, if we have way too many things going on, like our energetically, we feel scattered. And that's going to decrease your potency. You're not going to feel like fully potent in what you're here to do and the way that you're able to execute things in your business. 
So if we can really dial in and simplify our business model, that is going to do so much for ease as well. Mm. And then the third component, of course, is really getting clear on like what money means to you instead of making like wanting money bad or wrong or greedy or selfish, right? Having a completely different relationship dynamic with money where you see it as such a powerful, loving force for good in the world, if that's how you choose to hold it, that can bring a whole lot more ease to your sales process too. So you're hitting on something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, just people, human beings deal with is this money relationship aspect. And you're talking about, you know, creating kind of this positive experience with it. Whereas, you know, I'm not a psychotherapist or psychologist, you know, but I think a lot of people have this negative connotation or have these stories that have been passed down. So how often do you kind of encounter that, especially, um, you know, because you work with a higher level person. So, you know, a lot of times people assume that this is something that, you know, newbies might be dealing with. But, you know, what are you seeing as those money let's say issues, like, tell us, (laughs) what are the money issues that people who are profitable tend to encounter? So first of all, we all have a money story, no matter how much money that you're making. Yep. It's part of our everyday life. It was operating in the background before you were even born, choosing the opportunities that were available to you. Like money has always been part of the conversation, whether you've acknowledged it or not. And I think that it really comes to the forefront when we become entrepreneurs, because you can't ignore the money. And if you try and it's not about the money, you're going to make it even more about the money because you're going to have revenue issues. Right. And so I think for many of us as entrepreneurs, we're like, wow, we have some money stuff to figure out. So even with higher earners, the thing that I have noticed is that when you step into a new revenue level, it's sometimes hard for people to really trust that money is here to stay. Kind of like you have Mm. that feeling like we're waiting for the shoe to drop. Right. Yep. Or you don't feel safe actually enjoying that money because what if something goes wrong? Um, It's like we can really struggle to experience the full pleasure that we thought that we were going to have when we actually step into a new revenue level, right? So that definitely shows up um, in that conversation as you step into more money. But I think the other thing that, that shows up for people a lot of times is that they think that when they step into more money, it's all of a sudden going to create this sense of, pom- of calm and ease and mastery. And they're going to know what to do with it. They don't ever have to worry about money, right? And what I want to offer everyone who's listening is no matter how much money you're making, you're always going to have to be making decisions with it. Mm. And that is a very personal responsibility. I feel like even if you had a financial advisor, like you're going to have to have input. And so we have to get comfortable holding that responsibility. Right. And then also trusting that what we've built in our business is is safe for us to rely on. And that we're also making choices that even if something bad were to happen, like a, I don't know, pandemic, (laughs) what (laughs) you know, that we're the one we're resourceful and we can figure it out, which so many of us have. And two, that we have been making money decisions that are actually setting us up to navigate some of this, right? Mm -hmm. So there's lots of, it's such a nuanced conversation for sure. But even stepping into more money doesn't mean that it's all of a sudden just going to be like, no money worries. Right. (laughs) Well, it really sounds a lot like a, a relationship, right? And it's not one that you can really walk away from. It's kind of there because it's what society runs on essentially. I mean, it's the two assets in life. You either have time or you have money, right? Um, and, and, and hopefully it's not an either or, you would like an abundance of both. Um, so what are you seeing uh, people, 
Like what are the red flags when you don't have a really good money relationship? And by maybe some other people's, um, you know, um, judgment, you might be successful because we see that where, um, you know, I've seen this with my clients where they're, there's a certain level of success, but there's that, that shoe dropping kind of experience of, oh, I achieved this level of success, but what if I can't do it again? Or what if something else happens? Or as you said, what if a pandemic happens and you didn't, you know, you didn't have the things in place to be able to navigate through it? What are the red flags that people should be looking for to say, oh, I think I have more of a money issue relationship thing than I actually cognizant, uh, um, consciously was aware of? Yes. So we are like in pandemic times right now. So you might hear my children banging at the door and I hope that we don't. <laughs> okay. Mine <laughs> just in case we margin, don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> just forewarning. Uh, so one of the things that I really like to help people explore is their unique attachment style with money. So for most of us, we might be familiar with the concept of like attachment parenting, where we either have either an anxious attachment style or an avoidant attachment style. Mm. And this typically shows up with how we deal with vulnerability, right? And interpersonal relationship dynamics. Guys, and do so- you see like the psychology that's going behind <laughs> this? Like, this is like, you can't do this if you're just certified as a profit first person. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> But one of the things that I started to realize is that our unique attachment style also shows up with money. When we're feeling vulnerable with money, we either tend to go into anxious land where we're ruminating, where we're worrying, where we're playing all the what ifs, where we're micromanaging our money, we're double checking our accounts, we're making sure that we're not screwing up. Like there's a lot of anxious frenzy energy there. But then the opposite is true. So if we have an avoidant attachment style, right? We're like, I don't want to talk about money. I don't want to think about money. I don't want to look at my money. I don't want to open up my accounts. I don't want to do anything because ignorance is bliss and I can just be safe here, right? So it's like communication shutdown mode. It's like we put our hands over our ears, like la, 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 Like toddlers, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And so the other option though, is that you you actually have a combined type where you experience both. And that's my type. Um, So when I was doing a lot of my money work back in 2018, like really deep work, I started to notice that some days I would show up to meet with my money and I would feel really anxious. And then other days I would show up and I would be really avoidant. And when you are not aware that this is happening for you, it kind of feels like you're swinging from this pendulum from like one end to the other. And money does not feel very safe for you to experience at all emotionally, energetically, like it's very overwhelming. So if you are experiencing any of these things, one, just know that this is how you're coping with vulnerability, right? And your unique attachment style with money might be the same as it is with people. So you can be anxious with money, anxious with people. So if you go into a conflict with a, with one of your best friends, right. Mm-hmm. And y'all are, have a fight. How do you typically respond to that? Do you tend to like ruminate over the conversation? You play it back over and over in your head, think about what you said or what they said and what you could have said differently. And you're like stressed out about it. Right. Or the opposite is true. You're like, it'll be fine. I'm not going to talk to them until they talk to me. Like you just <laughs> move way beyond it. Right. So just know that Sometimes we can have the same attachment style. Sometimes it's opposite. So you could have an avoidant attachment style with people, but anxious with money. But what is here for you, what is present for you is thinking about what would it be like to create secure attachment with money where you feel grounded, where you feel safe, where you have ways of coping with vulnerability. Because a lot of times when we're feeling a certain way about money, 
Sometimes it's about money, but sometimes it's not. And we're just projecting stuff onto money because it's an easy scapegoat, you know? Right, right. So, you know, I feel like looking into my crystal ball and like putting the pieces of, of who you are, um, there's also your ability to create, you know, revenue momentum. That's what you call it. Um, and so I feel like there's a, a trampoline effect of getting to this place of, you know, one, awareness and two, kind of starting to heal the wounds in a way. So what, what are your recommendations for people to kind of create that revenue momentum in their business? Yeah, so I think that this really goes back to your business model. Um, so one of the things that I teach is really understanding what a foundational offer is in your business. And a foundational offer should do a couple of key things. One, it should be your most valuable offer, not just like price point wise, but the transformation that you are mm. providing for people. Yeah. Um, because when we can create a really comprehensive offer like that, it's going to build so many assets in our business, which makes our life so much easier on the back end to sell and benefit and get that full ROI of what we're creating. But also when we're talking about a return on joy of actually facilitating it, instead of like putting pieces of you here, pieces of you there, you're creating an experience where you get to deliver all of it and people get to experience all of it. And that can be really, really wonderful. But on the financial piece, a foundational offer is also going to take you to what I would call like a good goal. So mm -hmm. in my framework, I talk about good, better, best goals. So your yep. good goal is always going to cover what you need. Your better and best goal are going to actually start funding additional dreams for you. So your foundational offer should be able to cover your good goal, preferably in like one launch if you work on a launch model, or if you work more like on an evergreen model, whatever your maximum capacity is, that's like a one-on-one, -on -one, or if you're doing courses or whatever, whatever that sold out version of that offer is, that should bring in that level of revenue. Mm. Because once we have foundational money like that, it creates space. Yeah. And space gives you time to think, time to plan, time to get creative, to think about how you want to start creating more momentum. Oftentimes, if we don't have that foundational offer, we're so worried about, we're getting into that like feast and famine cycle in our business. And that's a very stressful place to be, right? So this helps solve that problem. And foundational money is really that springboard. That's like, okay, now how can we start building more and more money off of the money that we've already made? Yeah, no, beautiful. Um, that relationship with money, that relationship with self, that introspective kind of look, um, you know, it's a lot of times people try to make it this very complicated thing that's external and it really just lives within us. And, you know, as much as that's, you know, uh, easy to say, I think people don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a big differentiator, um, which actually that brings up a good question, which is what do you see as the differentiator between someone who's, let's say, getting by in their business and someone who's multiplying their success year over year? I think that's a lot of things. Cause I think a lot of it comes down to intentional business design, mm -hmm. which I think that's kind of where I go a little bit from a different angle in the whole money conversation. Because I think a lot of people in the money space, they talk so much about the healing aspects of money, which is 100% important if you want money to feel differently. Right. Okay. But it's not always a prerequisite to earning more money. So, and I think that the money space does a really bad job of that, where that's, mm. there's a lot of narrative around there that it positions the healing work needing to come first as if we almost have to earn our way to more earning, right? Like if you've yeah. done enough inner work yet, then you can step into more money. I like to think about this. We can actually do them both at the same time. 
And yeah. it's actually really important that we do it that way. <laughs> there are plenty of people who are out there making money who have not done any mindset work at all. Like they've just figured out this thing, they're making money. It might not even be aligned with their values. Like all of those things are just happening. So I think for all of us, it's really around getting clear on the business design that creates more sustainability, more ease, because how we structure our offers matters immensely with how we're experiencing our business and facilitating yeah. our work, how we're pricing our offers also has a big impact. Right? Oh, right. High <laughs> ticket people, please. <laughs> yes, like sustainable price points are everything and understanding what those mean in your business. And then from that point, we can really allow that inner work, our inner relationship with money to really leverage all of those pieces. But I think it's, it's such a whole conversation around it, right? It's not just the inner work. It's also the strategy. It's also the structure. It's also the systems that really help us step into more money. Oh, I love it. Um, I mean, it really helps me. It really makes me think of like that tuning fork approach of, you know, what are the things, what's that frequency in which you're operating at your best and of course you can still make forward progress. I know people who have made tons of money and not doing something that they love. I mean, think about people, even in right. corporate America, right. they earn tons of money and they're not passionate about their work, but they're doing it. And they're, there's a motivation there. It may not be what's in alignment, but there's enough there. And so yeah. just imagine if you did have that alignment, right? Like how much further you could go and like, kind of like the money you've been leaving on the table, which oh I'm not about. So. <laughs> There's so much to talk about there too, like how we can make our offers work together. So they start to create that momentum for us and our offers can start to sell for us. So we're not having mm -hmm. to do all of the heavy lifting. Like there's so much there. Yeah, yeah. Such a juicy conversation. Yes. So, you know, if people want to learn more about you and kind of see a little bit more about your approach to generating more wealth and doing it in ease, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So there's two options right now on my website, which is meganhale.co. Um, there is an allocation calendar. If you want to get started with profit first, definitely go and check that out. I'll give you a brief rundown of how we put this cash flow management system to work inside your business. And if you are more curious around the inner components of money, like how we start to shift into feel good money, then there's a free mini course right there on my homepage that will really walk you through how to step into more earning without having to heal your money story first. So we'll really talk about that parallel process in a really, really powerful way. Beautiful. So that will be in the show notes for you guys, as always, meganhale.co, pretty much spelled the same way that you hear it, M-E-G-A-N-H-A-L-E.co. Um, Megan, any parting words for the people who are listening? I think the only thing that I want to share is that if you have a relationship with money that does not feel good, like it feels bad, please know I spent the grand majority of my life there. And that's why I teach feel good money now, because I know what it's like to make that shift. And I am on a mission to help every single entrepreneur I meet know that feel good money is available to them. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole lot closer than you think. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.